0: Uh, I, I love that line. Of course, I never, I never take for granted the opportunity to show a war movie. Anytime in church, it's just a great thing. But I love that line because I think it's so prevalent for what's actually in the human spirit where he says, I'm not really anxious to die, but I am anxious to matter. I am anxious to matter. You, you and I cannot escape that nagging thing inside of us for significance, to matter, Every one of us has it. I, you can go all the way back to when you were a kid. If you, if you think back to when you were a kid, what did you think about? when you were a kid, you thought about what you might be one day, right? You thought about what you could do. And and your imagination would run wild. I remember uh, when I was a little kid, uh, someone gave me this, uh, a a science book about all the planets. And I was so fascinated with it. And I just remember thinking, when I grow up, I'm going to, the first thing, I'm going to be an astronaut. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Anybody think they wanted to be an astronaut at all? No. Yeah. Come on, astronauts. I'm with you. Um, I just, I remember, and it was, it was a long season because I just, I wanted to explore and I wanted to be able to understand and all of those things. And then, you know, as time got by, uh, things began to morph and change. And then I saw the the karate kid and then I knew my life was going to be in martial arts for a season. And then it just, but I got, I went a little obsessive. and I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to be a ninja. And then, cause I, you know, I'm a large lumbering white guy. I think ninja hood is in my future. So it went from there. to, And I had many different, they went on to being in the NBA, which again, large lumbering white guy, doesn't really work. But in general, you just have things, you just think about what you could do. You think about what you could be because inside of every person in this room and every one of you guys joining us online is this hunger to be significant, to matter, period. We wanna matter, we wanna make a difference. And whether it's having kids and passing on a legacy or if it's starting a new business that you're passionate about or providing for a family or caring for loved ones, whatever the thing is after we get out of uh, kind of the daydreams of our kid years, whatever it is, there is this insatiable hunger to matter. This is the way God puts it from the get-go in Genesis chapter one says, listen, God made Adam and Eve and then he blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You were made to be fruitful and multiply. It was more than just making sure we have kids. It was about, you bringing human flourishing wherever you go, that everything you touch because of who God is and our connection with him as ones made in his image, every one of us was meant to bring flourishing wherever we go, everything we put our hand to, that your life, who you are, what you do, how you live matters, period, If you're made in God's image, you matter. And you want to matter. And so that's the design of the creator. And the great robbery that we all experience in this life is when we believe the lie that who we are and what we do doesn't matter. That's the great lie. Who you are and what you do doesn't really matter. And we tend to think, listen, I haven't really accomplished anything of worth, right? I don't have enough followers, or no one really knows my name, or I'm not really known, or I haven't written books, or no one's written books about me, or I I don't have great notoriety, or whatever kind of benchmarks we tend to put out there in life, we tend to think, oh, I haven't really done that stuff. I mean, I read about people who do that, but that's not me, so therefore, I don't I don't know that I really matter. I mean, what is my life? And so we start to believe this lie that my life doesn't matter unless I and you can fill in the blank. And we could all, if we were being honest with ourselves, fill in that blank. My life doesn't matter unless I dot dot dot. And I'm gonna say 98% of what we might put in that place is an actual, it's it, it's a lie. It's usually accompanied with a lie that unless I do something of great worth and significance that everyone knows about, then I don't really matter. And there's two things that happen when we buy into that lie, two things that I want to make sure we get to highlight. One of those things is this, if you buy into the lie that unless you do something, um great and grand and significant that everyone knows about in order to matter, then we become really deeply dissatisfied. Because what we do is we begin to compare our lives with everyone else around us. And you know what happens when you compare? There's a couple of things that actually happen when you compare your life to other people, whether it's people that are you see far away on social media or just people in the neighborhood or whatever, wherever the comparison may be. There's a couple of things that happen. Number one, You've, if you compare your life to someone else, you can fall into despair because you go, I can never be that. Disappointment. I'll, I'll never be like that. I'll never be good enough. I'll never have that, I'll never be like that. I can't do that. I don't have what they have. We've all had those arguments go on in our head. But the other thing that can happen is we can compare our lives to other people and go, well, at least I'm not like that, right? We can look, we get a little bit prideful and go, well, at least I'm not that. At least I have this, at least I'm that. And this is the problem with comparison. We often anchor our lives and the value of our lives based on what someone else is doing. We look at what other people are accomplishing and we go, that's what I have to do in order to be significant. But the other thing that happens when we buy into the lie that we have to do great and grand things in order to, be, to have worth and value is that we begin to shut down under the weight of seeking to have someone else's gift and someone else's success. It starts to shut us down. You might put it this way. You just stay on the sidelines. Like everybody else is kind of in the game and I'm just gonna be chill over here. We don't measure up. And so God wants to take this broken idea in the church He wants, he, the Holy Spirit's literally grabbing this small, growing church in Corinth. And I'd say he's grabbing this small, growing church in Franklin. And here's what he's going to say to us through this scripture You carry so much more purpose inside of you than you could possibly imagine. You carry more purpose right now. Okay, whether you're 13 or 93. You carry more purpose in you right now than you could possibly imagine. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in you right now, authoring it. He's writing it. If you're a follower of Jesus, call on the name of Jesus for life, for hope, for forgiveness and glory. Hear this. That means the Holy Spirit is literally in you, taking residence in you, and is right now authoring what he wants to do and accomplish through you. He's there right now. Now, let's get our minds around that, because the enemy wants you to believe a lie, that you don't matter, that your gifts, your past, your failures, your insecurities, your personality, your attitude, these are all disqualifying from mattering. And I'm telling you, the cross of Jesus banishes the lie and comes in and says, doesn't matter where you've come from or what you've done now in Christ, because of Jesus, you've got the Holy Spirit in you right now, ready to write, to author, produce, to create his design and purpose for your life. It's right there right now. Like it literally today, brand, you can have brand new purpose when you leave this place. Believing the Holy Spirit is ready to author something brand new. He's right there. We're talking about creator of the universe, so powerful. You and I have so much to accomplish. There's so much to be able to to do. But it's not in terms of the way the world puts it. It's what the Holy Spirit is doing right now, whispering to us. Where does he want to lead? What does he want to say? He's saying, I've I've deliberately put my Holy Spirit inside of you so that you and I can change the landscape of the world around us. And the big and the grand is not the way the world looks at it. It's just hearing what this Holy Spirit is ready to author and do in us. And we can go all the way back to the beginning to be fruitful, to multiply to bring maximum flourishing wherever we go. You might be going, listen, I don't go anywhere. I do laundry, right? Or I spend hours in school pickup lines, or I sell insurance, or I make lattes for people, to which we all want to say, thank you, right? Just God bless our baristas, amen? But it's just easy when we get into the day-to-day stuff to feel really insignificant, like we're not doing anything. And candidly, America has a little bit of a problem just looking at all the quote unquote popular people as if that somehow that's the end all be all. And it just can't be because they're not any happier than any of you and I. Can we just be honest about that, right? Assuredly, as you've got some like star that you think they're great and you get to find out their story and you're like, well, maybe it's not so great. The truth is, greatness has nothing to do with fame and fortune. Greatness is you being the tabernacle for the spirit, the king of the universe. You carry that. You carry that. And nothing can take that from you and me. It's so powerful for us to get this truth in us because it's easy to wake up on a Monday morning to feel like, okay, here we go again. All right, trying to face the grind again. And the Holy Spirit is here inside of us ready to author something new, to give new vision and purpose for the day, to speak new words of life and to give new direction. It's in a moment, he's re- he's ready to do that with us. And so this is the lie that Paul wants to take on, or the, the, the lie of of the world wants to take on. And he says here, it says, He says in verse one, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be uninformed, meaning there's bad information among the followers of Jesus, and he wants to set the record straight. And the first thing he says is this, you can't call Jesus king unless you have this Holy Spirit. It's literally impossible. Without the Holy Spirit, you'll keep saying, my career is king, or Buddha is king, Or my comfort is king, but you can't say Jesus is king without the Holy Spirit. Okay? It takes the Holy Spirit. It's what he says here in verse three. But if you can say with passion and with abandon, Jesus is king, Jesus is Lord, what that is is the evidence that you have the Holy Spirit in you and on you. And here's how he says it in Ephesians chapter one. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth and and believed the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Meaning that the spirit of God, the creator of the universe has made his residence in us. This is the one who used to, again, dwell in the tabernacle, right? The one in which Israel would one time a year be able to send the high priest in to make atonement for the sins. And if the guy kind of didn't do the right thing in the presence of the king of the universe, he dropped dead. My kids and I were talking about this because they were learning it and they were talking about it in their school. That the high priest, when he was coming to make atonement, there was a, in, before the holy God, they would tie a rope around his ankle. Cause if he went in there haphazardly, not before the king, not with a right spirit for the king of the universe, he'd drop dead. And you're going, sounds kind of harsh. Sounds a little bit scary. And what God wanted to say is listen, my presence has more power than you could possibly imagine. But here's the thing, when Jesus came, I don't live in tabernacles anymore, I live in you. And I'm ready to give you the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That's what your destiny is. That's our destiny, that's our call. This is the truth of his word. No more temples on hills, my home is in you. And I want to move and shape and bring fruitfulness. And I want to multiply and bring flourishing wherever you go. And I want to do that through you. It helps just bring some, it maybe is even a little sobering just for a minute, right? Because this following Jesus thing is it's not a cute religious exercise. It's not a neat way of life. It's not a crutch to deal with your grumpies. Following Jesus is this exchange of our life for his. It's an exchange that we make, and he makes good on this promise by giving us his Holy Spirit, putting Him, his presence right in us. Why would he do that? Because you and I are being empowered and we're being gifted And we are be giving tools and power to tell the whole world that you also can be the tabernacle of the king of the universe. You don't have to be alone. And so not only do we have life, but we have gifts from the Holy Spirit to begin to employ on this great earth to help people know him. I love what he says, the way he puts it in verse four. It says, there's varieties of gifts, but it's the same spirit. There's varieties of ways of serving, basically, but it's the same Lord. And there's varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. I want to read that again, verse seven. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good meaning this the spirit that that lives in you is seeking for ways to manifest his life-giving power through you this is what he wants to do this is the partnership we're called into and so the gifts hear this the gifts of the holy spirit are not for you they're for other people it's for others to be able to bless, to be able to cover, to be able to give away, to heal, to love, to minister, to encourage, to bring life, to bring that human flourishing wherever we go. They aren't the markers of our maturity. I want to hear this. This gifts that the Holy Spirit wants to give and grant to every one of us. They're not markers of our maturity. Why? Because they're his gifts. They aren't the marker of our power. Why? Because it's his power. They aren't the marker for our abilities. Why? Because it's his abilities. But he wants to give. He's ready if we'll open our hands and ask. Although it says it's the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the common good. It's what he wants to do, is grant his presence in us to touch other people's lives. And so he says, for to one is given through the Spirit utterance of wisdom, utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit, faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, various kinds of tongues, interpretation, right? All these are power empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Uh, now, I love this. Again, I love this last verse here. I want you to look at it, verse 11. All these gifts that I just described, which, by the way, would, we, there's so much more teaching we could do, uh, and we, more than certainly what we have time for this morning. But it's so critically important to hear what he is gonna say here in verse 11. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit, and he apportions to each one individually as he wills. Meaning this, if you'll just open your hands and say, God, I don't know how to do any of those things, or I don't feel very gifted, or I look at my life and I don't feel super significant, but I'm open my hands. Guess what the Holy Spirit gets to do? He just gets to empower as he so chooses. If we'll just open our hands, he'll just get to move and all of a sudden, our life moves away from just getting by to changing the atmosphere around us, to being life changers. It's a powerful thing, right? And what he's saying here in this text is, listen, there's no like awesome gifts and crappy gifts, if you will, right? Okay, God's not like the Aunt Edna who gives you the bad Christmas gift, like, like in, the, in the Christmas story, like Ralphie, you know what I'm saying? The bad Christmas, you guys know, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, here's the truth. Some of you think God has done that with your life. I'm just, let's be honest right now. You're going, my life's a fluffy pink bunny and I want more, all right? Listen, there's no way the king of the universe does that. But often we treat God as if I'm lesser than I've, I'm out, you know, because of what I did this, or because I did that, or because I haven't measured up, or because I don't pray enough, or because I have. We bring all these excuses. Listen, all those excuses are crushed under the weight of the power of the cross. And the Holy Spirit is ready to move in you and through you if you'll just open your hands. That's what he's saying to this little bitty, fledgling, growing church. Open your hands up, church. You're more than just trying to make it through this life okay. You're meant to change the atmosphere of the world around you. And so some of you get to be hands and some of you get to be feet. Some of your gifts will be real seen and on display. Some will be hidden and no one else will see, but God will. And he cares. And I feel, and we get to see story after story of just Jesus saying, you know what I really care about? The widow over there who just gave gave the two pennies, she gave more than everyone." You don't have to stand on this platform to be significant. God help us, please know this truth. You are significant. You matter. Your life matters. Your voice matters because you're a child of the King of the universe. Hear that. You're a son or daughter of the God of the universe. You matter. You have a voice. You have gifts. And if we'll open our hands like this, he'll apportion and give us. He so chooses to touch people's lives. And I pray that we'll open our hands and see God do supernatural healing in this place. And that cancer would be gone. And that hearts would be Restored. And relationships would be changed. Church, if we're not doing this, what are we doing? What do we actually have to offer to the world if we don't have the powerful God of the universe coursing through our veins? What do we have? This is why we're here. This is why we come together as a people on Sunday to get stirred and remember. There's so much more. I wanna grab more. I'm studying this and I'm going, God, I wanna grab more of this. I wanna open my hands up more. And I hope that's our heart cry. This is what he says. There's no such thing as insignificant in the kingdom. Hear this. There's no such thing as insignificant, just unengaged, just unwilling. And God's just looking for willing partners. There's no such thing as insignificant. Just the question is are you on the sidelines or are your hands open? That's that's the only question. God's just looking for a heart that's willing, like, all right, Lord, I'm a mess, but just have your way with me and just see what, what could happen. See what could be restored. So we have to get off the sidelines and just begin to ask Him to bring flourishing wherever we go. And you might just go, but Keith, I, I gotta be honest with you, I'm, I'm not really sure about some of those gifts. They seem weird. And, and they might be new to you. They might, they might be like, you've, and you might have grown up in church tradition you've never heard it. You might have never grown up in church and you're going like, prophecy? Like what? And listen, I, 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 I'm, I'll be honest. They might be a little weird. But let's, I mean, we just spent like 30 minutes singing and lifting our hands to a God we've never seen before. We're past weird. Okay? Can we just be honest? We're just, if you're just like trying to look, we're past that. Can we, I mean, the truth is, church, our faith is actually supernatural. Our faith, what we do here is supernatural. You can't even say Jesus is Lord without it being supernatural. You can't do it. That can't be uttered out of your mouth without a supernatural work take, taking place. You are supernatural. I'm Supernatural. Made in God's image. Man, if we could just believe what the Bible says more than what our minds often, the lie that circles tells us. I can't imagine, honestly, what impact this church could have on this community if we just believe, like we woke up Monday morning believing I'm a son or a daughter of the most high God. I am the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit and I am meant to touch the world around me. God help me. Let's do this. There's no insignificance in the kingdom, just unengaged. Let's not push him off any longer. Let's rise up. Verse 27, I'll just, we'll finish up with this little part of the text. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And he's appointed all of these roles in leadership and ministries in the church. And so there's apostles and prophets and there's teachers and there's miracles and healings and helping and administration and tongues. And the question that he gets to ask here is, are all of you all of those things? No, you don't even actually have to worry about what you are. You actually just get to open your hands and say, God, how would you use me today? The truth is this, we have prophets in our, midst, in our midst. And thats I know that really freaked you out. We have apostles in here. We have pastors and teachers. We have leaders. We have administration. There are all kinds of gifts. and they're mi- we, we, won't, we won't fly and go as a church until we all start saying yes to it we need your church. Let me hear this. Look, as sure as I look at you, and if you're new in this church, you're like, all right, pastor, but like, we need you just need you. I need your gifts. We need each other so badly. even as I look at your faces, cause I've gotten to know some of you and just, you bring, you know, some of you just walk in and I'm like, all right, this morning's going to be awesome. That lady's here. I don't say that lady, but I'm just, you know, that's right. I'm not trying to tip my hat to who it is. You're all important. But you know what i some of you are just bringing joy to the room. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Somebody comes into your house and it's like, man, I'm so glad you're here. I just feel that way. We have things to bring. So let's just believe the truth of what God says. And so here, this, what this text is saying is there's no part of you and your personality that's a mistake. God wants to use you and the uniqueness of you. And if we didn't have you, we wouldn't be full in the way that God wants us. So come on, let's do this. Church, uh, band, you guys can come up. I'm, I'm closing. You guys stand with me. uh, as you feel comfortable, you might just close your eyes for a second. Just the point being just to remove distractions for a moment. Person sitting next to you or in front of you or whatever. And just we're going to open our hands. If if you feel comfortable, you can even open your hands uh, to the Lord. You don't have to do that. Um, But if it's helpful for you, then just do that. To say, God of the universe, if you loved me so much to make your home inside of me, if you loved me so much to remove all of my sin and guilt and shame and to take all that away from me, if you loved me enough to make me pure and holy and perfect and righteous and good. If you loved me enough to do all of those things, help me believe that you wanna use me. Help me believe it right now. I don't wanna sit on the sidelines. There are just some in this room, you just need to ask God to make his gifts come alive in you. You don't even know what, which gift or what it is, but you're just going, I know it needs to come alive. Just ask him right now. Lord, let your gifts come alive in me right now, just right now. Some of you know what your gifts are, but you've been on the sidelines. You've not been engaging. Maybe the enemy has told you a lie, you're not good enough, you got too much sin, your marriage is too much of a mess. Whatever the excuse is, the enemy throws out there. You're on the sidelines and he's saying, don't stay on the side. You get in this game right now. Just say, Lord, I wanna get in the game. I want you to use me. And then there's just some of you in here. You have never authored by the Holy Spirit, truly said, Jesus, you are Lord and King. You don't know your gifts and you can't get in the game because you haven't truly and deeply believed that Jesus is Lord, King, and Savior. And it's time for you just to say, I'm dropping my life and I'm taking yours. I'm getting your life. I'm making the exchange, my sin for your perfection. Jesus, you take my sin on the cross You take my brokenness and my shame and my guilt and my failures. You pull them on you on the cross. You took them into the grave and you came out alive victorious so that you could give me life and I receive that life right now. Receive it. Lord, all over this room, I pray that you begin to answer the cries of everyone who's willing to ask with their hands open. Come, empower Holy Spirit, come, have your way. You do what you, only you can do. Make us like you. I think we're actually just supposed to pray for those that really wanna operate in by the Holy Spirit in supernatural ways in your everyday work life. Like you're thinking about your work right now and you're going, I don't, it doesn't, I don't even know how that's supposed to work, but I just know that the Holy Spirit wants to use me in my everyday, normal work life. And I'm just ready for that. And if that's just you, would you just raise your hand and just say, I'm, I'm just asking the Holy Spirit to empower me in my regular, everyday, normal job. Right there, it's good. It's all over, Okay. Holy Spirit, I'm asking right now for fresh infusion of your power. You already made your home in us. Anyone that's willing to ask, God, just come right now and give grant new strategies and new wisdom and that literally fresh impartation of what you want to do in every workplace. I'm asking right now, God, uh, among coworkers and among bosses and among employees and employers, Lord, in break room opportunities in in the the two minutes right after a meeting, all of those opportunities, Lord, that are out there, God, just to be a voice of life, to bring human flourishing wherever they go, Lord. I'm asking right now, God, that we'd see supernatural businesses, supernatural uh, 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 leadership, We'd see supernatural kingdom work taking place in normal everyday places. And I'm asking that you would come and descend and give new insights. Holy Spirit, have your way. God, let us be faithful. Let us say yes to you. Let us just have hands open. Because thank you. We just even thank you now. It's not our giftedness. It's your giftedness. In fact, just give that over to Him. It's not our giftedness. It's your giftedness that you're doing in me. And just we receive it. It's, we don't have to produce it. We receive it and we give it away. We receive it and give it away. And I ask God that you do that every all over the place here. Father, we thank you that you love us so much. You empower us. You make your home with us. I pray that would never become rote or normal. Come on, Father, have your way in us. Let's worship and ask the Holy Spirit to come.